really digging being single right now. Are we finally moving into a new age where the single lady is aspirational? Being single has always carried a greater shame for women than for men, but the single lady on screen today is defined by a newfound freedom and excitement. So what are the modern version of this trope's characteristics? She's promiscuous and proud of it. The single lady isn't necessarily anti-monogamy eventually. I'm only 27. What am I, a child bride? You know, I don't know that I never want it, I just definitely don't want it right now. But for now, she's enjoying her dating life, and she doesn't have to face the same level of judgment about that as in previous eras. Being single is her choice, not some desperate last resort, but an embrace of possibilities. Are any of you in relationships? Oh, no thank you. I didn't come to college to be tethered to some dude I dated in high school. At the same time, it's not always a choice that's respected or understood. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't get it. Having a boyfriend is the best thing. Not everyone truly gets the single lady because what she wants is different from what a lot of society tells us we should want. And still, in most examples, she's only temporarily single. While there are more characters who are single for long stretches of the screen time we spend with them, they often end up settling down. It's rarer to find stories of women who stay single as they get older and are happy about it. I'm moving in with my girlfriend, Deborah. She is amazing. She makes me feel whole. <gasps> really? Oh my god, this is too easy. No, I don't want to settle down. While she may still have her challenges, the single lady has come a long way from being shunned to being celebrated. Here's our take on today's updated single lady trope and how it shows there's more than one way to lead a happy and fulfilling life. I would say I outdid myself, but I'm always this good. So I simply did myself. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get notified about all our new videos. First, let's talk about what today's positive depictions of singledom are moving away from, the dreaded spinster archetype. Do you know what I touch? Here? Your heart. Broken. This archaic term was originally used for women who spun wool going all the way back to the 1300s, but it became associated with women who were poor, single, and unlikely to ever marry. I do not need a blind date, particularly not with some verbally incontinent spinster who smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish, and dresses like her mother. Our archetypal spinsters are characters like Great Expectations' Miss Havisham or Emma's Miss Bates, older women who are resigned to a life of loneliness, who might have become bitter, detached from reality, or leaned into their annoying habits, and who we're at best invited to pity. So this archetype created a cultural fear of spinsterdom which carried throughout the 20th century. I shall be sure to say three dull things as soon as I open my mouth. Ah, <laughs> oh, Mom, but there is the difficulty. When have you ever stopped at three? And it gave rise to the unlucky in love single lady. Her singledom doesn't feel like a considered independent choice. It's born out of sadness and frustration. The perennially single Bridget Jones fears spinsterdom most of all, equating not settling down with a husband with a life that's not even worth living. I have two choices, to give up and accept permanent state of spinsterhood and eventually eating by our stations or not. But while Bridget and others like Carrie of Sex in the City do eventually end up with their dream men, along the way these characters and we come to appreciate just how great they are on their own and how that men really shouldn't be the answer to their gaining confidence and feeling complete. Relationships fall apart. The best we can do is breathe and reboot. 
Allie McBeal is another character from the late 90s and 2000s era who's professionally accomplished but feels unlucky in love. She's not only tortured by working closely with her one who got away, she's explicitly haunted by visions of a dancing baby and the loud ticking of her biological clock. Still, her ending isn't getting a man, but finding out she has a daughter from having donated her eggs 10 years ago, and the satisfaction she always looked for in relationships she ends up finding in her child. Now what? Now I show you your room. Meanwhile, countering social expectations, there were earlier examples of single ladies who seemed anything but miserable. In the 70s, Mary Richards of The Mary Tyler Moore Show was perfectly happy in her career-driven life as an unmarried 30-something, dating men without striving to snag a husband, and staying single throughout the show. At least until the 2000 TV movie revealed she's been married. I mean, sure, true, I'm not what you'd call a wild woman, but I'm hardly innocent. I've been around. Iconic single lady Roz in Frasier, starting in 1993, also seemed pretty happy with her life. While Roz occasionally voices common fears about ending up alone, she ultimately finds contentment in being a single mother. And what made Roz especially trailblazing is how she openly enjoys the sexual freedom and excitement of dating life, having a lot of casual sex, and being vocal about the men she finds attractive. Are you quite finished undressing him with your eyes? Oh, please. I'm already looking for my stockings and trying to remember where I parked my car. The other characters tease her about her sex life, but Roz is never ashamed of it. Sex. How can I help you? <laughs> what do you do when, when the romance goes out of a relationship? I get dressed and go home. Almost a decade later, another breakthrough single lady character came in Sex and the City, Samantha, who strongly prefers singledom and fears monogamy. I saw the ring and I threw up. That's not normal. That's my reaction to marriage. So over time, through these characters, singledom increasingly becomes cast as thrilling, fun, and full of opportunities, a defiant show of independence. I still think sex is better when it's with someone you love and it's an expression of your commitment. Ow, damn it! That is so boring, Kimberly. I'm with you, Whitney. Sex is better with strangers. Maybe the most crucial thing about the free and single lady is how sex positive she is. She's not just staying at home, she's getting out there, meeting different people and having a good time. Have you ever been set up on a date with someone whose name you didn't know? Oh, please, I've woken up with dates whose names I didn't know. Samantha Jones's singledom gives voice to female desire. Through sleeping with a variety of people, she has the opportunity to find out more about herself and have experiences that the other girls aren't as open to. Yes, ladies, I'm a lesbian. While other characters like the idea of falling in love and settling down, Samantha prioritizes pleasure above all else. Marriage doesn't guarantee a happy ending, just an ending. Like Samantha, Roz from Frasier has to deal with the reality that not everyone around her understands or respects her singledom. Roz is a failure at love. Roz can't find a man. They don't really say that, do they? Oh, you haven't met my perfect sister, Denise. But others' disapproval isn't enough to make her commit to the wrong guy. She likes men, likes having sex, and isn't necessarily focused on settling down unless the right person comes along. Ross, why is that every time we try to have a serious discussion, we end up talking about your sex life? Because I have one. These characters normalized female desire in the culture, and they helped make space for characters in our era who enjoy sex without that having to be their defining trait. For Bella in The Sex Lives of College Girls, sex is one of the things she's most excited about entering into this new environment. I'm super sex positive in theory more than inexperienced, and I am ready to smash some Ds. But her story arc is most focused on how funny she is and how she aspires to become a comedy writer. Chewing Gum centers around the exploits of Tracy, who's determined to have sexual adventures, but as an inexperienced religious virgin, she hardly fits any of our preconceptions of who the promiscuous single lady is. Forget your virgin and channel your slut. Do you want to suck his or smiley? 
Neither. In Broad City, Abby and Alana are both promiscuous single ladies, but the beauty of that show is how it focuses on their relationship rather than their respective quests for relationships. They find solace, value, and companionship in each other, and so maybe don't see the need to get this from the men in their life. While these are young singletons, we're also seeing more stories about women experiencing the dating scene in other life phases, whether because they've gotten divorced, widowed, or never married. As for love, well, anything's possible. Grace and Frankie, about two women whose husbands leave them after falling in love with each other, explores being single later in life, showing how things like female desire and feeling sexy don't have a shelf life, and how being single can unlock these feelings. If anybody's gonna sit on Ryan Gosling's face, it's gonna be me. These stories recognize there are still challenges that come with being single, moments of loneliness and criticism from outside, but most of the time, these characters find comfort from within instead of validation from without. A big part of me really wanted to have kids, but I guess an even bigger part of me wanted something different. Many of our film and TV stories deliver romantic union as a happy ending, and there's often a feeling that successful relationships are rewards given to characters who've done their time as single ladies. In Insecure, Issa and Lawrence break up in the first season, but their personal journeys of self-discovery eventually lead them back to each other when the timing is right. Tonight made me happy. You make me happy. Meanwhile, Issa's best friend Molly has spent years as a modern, unlucky-in-love type who really doesn't want to be single but can't find the right guy. Molly's arc requires her to stop trying to control her love life and to get more comfortable with her single self. But after she does that, she gets to find a great guy who appreciates how wonderful she is. Peggy in Mad Men 2 is perennially single for the majority of the show, her romantic partners being more casual while she flourishes in her career. But by the end, she and Stan get together, almost like her romantic success is put on the same level as her personal success. I love you, Peggy. Oh my god. Many of these characters still bring positive associations to singledom because most of the screen time we actually spend with them is when they're not coupled up. But it's also important to see examples of characters who stay single to remind us that relationships aren't the be-all and end-all and that fulfillment can come from within. Rebecca Bunch in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend at first seems determined to live out a rom-com fantasy, traveling across the country in pursuit of her dream man. But as we get to know her, the story becomes less about that and more about her mental health, and so her staying single by the end feels like a necessary, honest, and important step in her journey toward recovery. When I'm telling my own story, for the first time in my life, I am truly happy. Spinster explicitly deals with our latent fear around being single and older. In this case, 39, so not even that old. But the film challenges that fear with its heroine Gabby deciding not to pursue a relationship and to instead pursue her dream of opening a restaurant. Nobody's single by choice. Well, I am. And there's actually a lot of benefits to it. Even to this day, though, it still feels like there's a pressure on creators to push characters together to please audiences, like how fans clamored for James and Aaron to get together in Dairy Girls, or Mike and Eleven in Stranger Things. Mike, Eleven, ship it till the end, you guys. It's happening. Sex and the City moved toward a place where it felt Carrie and Big had to end up together for that rom-com happy ending. Still, when it came time to reboot the series as And Just Like That, the creative team killed Big off. And this felt driven by the fact that watching Carrie as a single woman in her Manhattan playground is a lot of the fun and excitement viewers enjoyed about the show all along. And sometimes it is sad when people who are good for each other don't end up together, but that's okay too. Forget about everything. Is this what you really want, Molly? 
When Alexis doesn't end up with Ted in Schitt's Creek, it hurts, but it's a mature decision taken by the both of them, and we're left with the feeling that the door isn't fully closed. Can't say that we didn't try. I love you, Ted. I love you, too. Staying single needn't be a tragedy, and it needn't always be a defiant anti-monogamous statement, but sometimes it can just be the right thing to do. For generations, relationship narratives have been structured around the idea of finding the one. I turned to a friend for comfort, and instead, I found everything that I'd ever been looking for my whole life. But perhaps that's something that we as audiences need to unlearn, too. We don't need stories to glorify singledom, but we can learn from stories that show the importance of paying attention to what you need and how that's the real path to happiness and fulfillment, not simply avoiding the misery of being alone. Romantic love is not an ending. It's just a part of your story. Well, hi, friends. This is The Take on all of your favorite movies, TV shows, and pop culture. Don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell for notifications. We're gonna need a bigger screen.